Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, I hope you rested your back because I can, if you can't tell already from the sound of my voice, I'm not feeling so hot. So you're going to have to carry the team today. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. There's just a storm going on here. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I keep hearing the rumblings uh, above me, and I thought for a second it was like the pipes in the house for like a split second. I'm like, oh God, what's happening? And then I realized, yeah, it's because it's a thousand percent humidity, and I feel like I'm going to melt. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's July, folks, and it gets hot. News at yep. 11. <laughs> so, um... Speaking of news at 11, we actually got just a few hours ago a whole lot of news. And uh, we knew it was coming. We knew that the subject matter was coming. We just didn't know the exact details. We didn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly how things were going to shake out. But we got a lot of information. And Scott, I know you jumped on it right away. So before we get into the actual cards themselves, what, what was your initial reaction to all of this was it just excitement where you was this what you were expecting uh this is actually i mean this is actually kind of better than i was expecting because of the fact that you have a um exclusive uh convention only product first of all that's going to be available so well there's two products but we'll talk about the one that's going to be available at um three major conventions um i guess i would probably argue that two of which any serious transformers tcg player should be attending right um, so I don't have a lot of sympathy if, uh, if you're not able to get one of the exclusive sets there because of just, I don't know. Now um, that being said, not to <laughs> interrupt you too much, but you, even if you can't get that version, right. it is going to be available at retail. Mm -hmm. So if, if anybody exactly. out there is wondering, we're talking specifically about the, uh, the blaster, I brought busted out my G1 blaster and uh, blaster versus Soundwave starter set. So you get the G1 art from these convention exclusives, but you will have the opportunity. And to be perfectly honestly, I love the G1 art, but I think I like the more modern one better. We, I know that we can get it. We can get into that if you. Yeah, want. I know it, it may be sacrilegious, <laughs> but um, it it looks really awesome. Um, both of them do. So I plan on picking them up if I can. But uh, the Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you can. You'll be a Jenga. <laughs> well, that is the game plan. So that that is going to be interesting how the, um, I guess, while supplies last sort of thing and also logistically getting in line because presumably, you know, last year you had the convention exclusive packs. People knew the game was coming, but it was still, I think, off people's radar. And I think this year it's going to be significantly different, meaning... That line may be a little bit longer, and it was pretty long last year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. I just I think there'll be enough of them because um, I'm not too worried about it to be honest with you. Because I mean, they, they said they're going to also be a Pax Unplugged, so I mean, like, oh yeah, from there they're they're obviously have enough of them set aside. I believe it should be fine. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think, especially going in, they have a lot more numbers as to what to expect. Again, last year it was well. Who knows? You 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 don't go in assuming the game's going to do poorly or anything, but at the same time, it's also you're launching a brand new product, so there is some uncertainty and exactly how many do we need, how many should we ration, that sort of thing. This time around, they have a lot more data to play with. Yeah, I mean, 
I also like the fact that, like you said, there's going to be a set of it available at retail. So, I mean, all you're really looking at is alternate arts, to be honest with you. Which, to me, is um, perfect. Like that, Right, I agree. Yeah, from a functional play perspective, if you want to play Soundwave or Blaster in this iteration, you can. And you're going to have, air quotes, an easy time finding them. I know sometimes people have this. The distribution can have challenges, we'll say. Um, mm-hmm. But you should have an opportunity to get your hands on them. Yeah, and this goes way back to our original interview we had with Drew when he asked us what our opinion was of, of these types of things. Yeah. He basically said alternate arts are what we are in favor of. So I'm not saying we had anything to do with it, but uh, oh, yeah. some influence. In I'm sure way. they this was on a whiteboard long before we ever talked to him. I mean, right. come on. Like, right. <laughs> it seems like an obvious one to do. I think it's really cool that it ties into the 35th anniversary. Like, all Everything's lining up. Which is really awesome. Agreed. So, um, and then we have another. We there is still an exclusive um, San Diego Comic Con pack, which again yes. will be available online um, after the fact. Um, that has uh, the Omnibots in it, which I don't even know who they are. We can get to that later. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, I think that's uh, there is some exclusivity that still exists yep. uh, in that way. So, I mean, I think there is incentive. Um, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm just disappointed that like it's a comic convention. I don't really care about the exclusivity of any of these things. I just wish it was at a a gaming convention, um, yes. since it is a, a trading card game. Um, I, I, I don't. How do I say it? Like, I guess if there is no Hascon this year or whatever, mm-hmm. I can I can I guess the Hasbro side of things wants to push it because I know there's a lot of like exclusive toys which. Right. Uh, I know my friend isn't listening, but hopefully he's going to get me that Ecto Optimus <laughs> uh, while he's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I guess I, I guess this is Hasbro's big push for where they want to push some of their exclusive product. Of course. So I mean, so I mean, I guess they just we have to fall in line with that. But um, so there was wish... some. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, someone. finish your thought. No, no, that's it. Well, I was going to say there was some confusion between the IGN announcement, which is where we're we're pulling all this information from, and then a clarification that I think came from Facebook. Is that accurate? As to yeah. where things are available. So initially, it sounded like everything was going to be available at SDCC, Gen Con, and then PAX Unplugged at the end of the year. However, as Scott was explaining, it sounds like the convention exclusive pack is skipping Gen Con, but will be available for PAX. Is that correct? No, it's only available at SDCC. It's strictly SDCC? Okay. And then the Hasbro, whatever that site that they sell. Hasbro so, Pulse, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> After um, the fact, so. So, the good news is, uh, if you are, well, if you're a completionist, uh, good luck. Um, because <laughs> I expect it will be a challenge to try and get a hold of these. Uh, as we saw with last year, even though Cliff Jumper and Slipstream, respectively, and, and the battle cards haven't made a humongous competitive splash, they're still relatively challenging for most people to acquire. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the good news as I was going down that line is that I think these Omnibots are going to fall into that same category where they may not make a big splash, but I expect there's still just by virtue collectors and rarity that it's still going to be a challenge to acquire them. Yeah, I also don't know what um, I don't know how, and what are, we're only like less than two weeks away, I think, from San Diego Comic Con. I mean, like, I don't know if there's even an opportunity to still go. I don't really 
know what that situation is. So yeah, it's officially the 18th through the 21st, and I would assume that it's virtually impossible to get in. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con. Have you gone before, Scott? No, I, I know it's like a lottery system though, because I was I was talking to a buddy at work because we were mm. talking about like uh, he's a big Ghostbusters fan, so we we're talking about the the Optimus and all that. And he was saying like, the reason he doesn't go is because you can't really plan a trip around it because there's a lottery system to get tickets. So like, well, it's a, by the time it's a, a tickets, disaster to get in from what yes. I understand. Like there's just so many people. Yeah. <laughs> Which so hence the lottery. The, yeah. So I think like you can't even plan your trip until you actually are guaranteed tickets. So I don't even know what the deal is. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I could look into it, but I, I don't, my wife and I were talking about it going to California. So maybe, mm. But I doubt it. But you know, who knows? It's a. I don't know. I I don't mind big conventions. Obviously, we're we're gearing up for Gen Con. I do love going every chance that I get. But San Diego Comic Con, from what I hear outside looking in, has crossed that threshold where it's okay. That that's just too many people. Like I don't think I'd be able to deal with that much crowd. I think if you just stick to the dealer hall, though, and all that, I think you're actually better than going to like the panels or. Worrying yeah. about cosplay and things like that. Well, if you're for something like this, the issue would be okay, am I going to spend almost literally four days camped out in a line to try Probably. and get, which <laughs> I mean, there, there are plenty of people, and I know this gets said because I listen to TFW uh, or WTF and TFW all the time, and they say it for virtually every convention. If somebody's going to mule something for you, aka they're going there and they are going to get something for you, compensate them because it's. It's not, I can't imagine that it can possibly be easy on them, forcing them to sit in that spot for four days. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I got to decide what I'm going to give my buddy so we can get a hold of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that that's another uh, side discussion. We could probably digress on that for a while. So do you want to jump right into the cards themselves, Scott? Yeah, sure. So I wanted to get the Omnibots <clears throat> out of the way. Um, sure. And they're uh, they're rotating a little bit too quickly, so I'm just going to update the overlay real quick so people can actually look at them. Um, they basically all are assigned a different upgrade, <clears throat> excuse me, type. So one's focused on armor, one's focused on weapons, one's focused on utilities. In their alt modes, they all say at the start of your first turn, you may play a whatever their type is onto one of your Omnibots. And then on their bot mode... They buff your Omnibots if they're battling with the appropriate type of upgrade. So the utility one gives your guy focus, focus X. Um, the weapon guy gives you bold. The, the armor guy gives you tough. It all, you know, kind of makes sense when you see them. There is a specialist one. Uh, two of the three are ranged in bot mode. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, I'm not super thrilled by these guys. Maybe the weapon one. Um, who, who are these guys? I think I had them as toys, to be perfectly honest, because I'm looking at the artwork and like they look the f- familiar. The flying car one, I think I had. That's all I can remember. Yeah, but they were they were um, in the realm of Transformers. Saying there are no name covers a lot yeah. of ground, but like right. these guys, I think are <laughs> dictionary definition of no names. Hmm. Um, I. I yeah, I don't remember them showing up in, like, the comics or anything like that in recent history. Okay. At least that I'm aware of, anyway. Fair. I'm looking at my detoffs and stuff real quick to see if I happen to have any of them, but I think they, they're probably in the one across the room. But anyway, I gotta 
reorganize my uh, <laughs> the area around the desk. Other than, like I said, the only one that really excites me, because the issue I have with them, aside from low stats, it's 312 one 311-1, 411-1 in bot mode, you know, like we're, we're not lighting the world on fire in any category. You have to have, it's not search your deck for one, kind of like the new Wheeljack gets you a Brainstorm or Ultra Magnus gets his armor. This is, you have to have it in your opening hand, so I guess, and you want to have multiple Omnibots, so I guess you're just playing straight upgrades and you just lose the security checkpoint. I, I don't know. I Are you excited to, to try any of these, Scott? I think as a team, they're weak. Mm-hmm. Um because I think they're just too susceptible to the amount of upgrade hate that will be out there. Yeah. Um, it's a bad time given the battle masters and stuff coming out that it's, people are already going to be looking for excuses. Right. So you don't even, so, so let's talk about their, so first of all, I, I think their stats actually aren't that bad when you, when you get rid of the corner case scenarios of like the barrages and the, the sentinels of the world. Like, but I guess, like, why would you play these guys over them? But like, I mean, honestly, that's the like, issue, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but but I mean, if you look at if you look at like a um, so let's say like a typical hit point to defense ratio is around two to three to one. Yeah. So so if you take two to three hit points away from these guys and, and give it to their defense, like you're right there with a lot of the sentinels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from an attack perspective, you're just lower than like you know. You're not really that much lower than, than like the bold one on Ironhide. Obviously, you're below Prow and Barrage, who see play outside of their respective teams. Of course. Um, and defensively, you're below Hot Rod, who sees play out of his team. But like realistically, except for them, they're pretty on par with most of the other characters that at that cost. I can um, see that. So, so they're not really as atrocious as they seem, just for that reason. Um, so. The alt ability, like I said, you you don't even get to draw your first card. It has to be in your first three opening cards because it hand ha- because it has to be at the start yeah, of the first turn. at the start of the at the start of the, the game or whatever. Yep. Um. So that puts tremendous pressure on your hand, especially if you're running. I mean, I think as a team they don't work, even though they're supposed to work that way, right? Um, because I just because I just think that like I mean, first of all, you have you have no flip ability whatsoever. Um. So, like, you're just losing an entire phase of, of the game uh, in order to put yourself in the mode that you want to be in all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, that makes cards like Start Your Engines, like, actually worse because, like, you have to use a flip to then flip the back. So, like, you have to wait until... I, I mean, there, I'm sure there's situations where it's going to be fine and I'm sure you would play it, but I don't think it's as good. Of course. You're just not getting any kind of extra out of benefit out of the deal. Yeah. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um Honestly, like you have to jump through hoops in order to like get these guys on par with other characters. Like if you compare the utility one to like the Siege Flame War, like she's <laughs> which is not better. one that is right. Yeah. <laughs> it comes I, like it's not even one of the ones we mentioned. Like you know, she already has Focus Two built into her alt mode. I mean, yeah. into her bot mode, and like so, like you have to have two utilities on two different guys in order to get that. Now, granted, it gives it to all of them, but like. It's just a hoop that you have to jump through. Yeah, exactly. That just seems unnecessary. Um, I would say that, like, like to me, the weapon one is the only one that's, like, really playable outside the team or yeah. 
I mean, and I wouldn't play them as a team likely. So, um, because, so you're what a four twelve one? You said uh, the seven? weapon one is. I'm just waiting for it to. I'm pretty sure rotate over. Yeah. Or no, he's four eleven. He's one. The only Whatever. one of them is twelve. But he gets okay, that's bold fine. equal to the number of omnibots. So he gets bold one if you have a weapon. Right, which essentially in an orange deck would turn any of the three power weapons into four power weapons for you know essentially. Right. So like at that <laughs> point, now you're looking above the curve from a weapon perspective. As long as you have and and if you get one in your opening hand, which you should be playing a plethora of them to begin with as a seven drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he can make a like i mean he would i get i guess again we're like just comparing him to prowl who's already five ten one to start with so like mm-hmm. he's basically like one hit point more than him for one less attack but like once you have a weapon then you're kind of even i guess i don't know like i guess he might still be worse than prowl i'm not sure it depends on how uh, maybe then it, it depends on what i guess if you get the weapon right away in your opening hand, he becomes better because it doesn't cost you your upgrade slot later. Exactly. Uh, or you get um, a free play if you are going first, but I don't know if that's enough to convince me. You know, it, it you, you slam an erratic lightning, let's say. So he, he's 7 11 0 now, bold one. Like, that seems pretty decent, but it's just the inconsistency factor because there's obviously going to be a number of games where you go, well, I I guess I don't have a weapon, and now this guy's just overall a worse prowl. Yeah, but I but like I feel like if you go second mm-hmm. and and you have a typical orange based hand. Like, I feel like you're going to be well ahead of the curve. Like, whatever they play is probably going to die because you're getting both your plays. And at that point, as long as yeah. you draw a weapon. I mean, getting so, two plays from turn one in an orange deck is pretty significant. I'm not going to, you know, downplay that part. Yeah, so I think that changes the way your opponent has to play also because of mm. that. Because it's because it's going to be really difficult for that, or for that initial starting bot to even... that they attack with to survive. Like, even if you think about, like you know, like a hot rod or something like that that's, like, a typical first attacker. Like, you're talking about, like, you know, I don't know, having to do 15 to him, and I, I don't know that that's super outside the realm of possibility when you're when you're already, like, a 7 bold 1, and then have, you get to still play the action. So yeah. I don't think that's... It's not, it's not guaranteed or anything like that. I mean, I would think more like 11 or 12. That's still a huge hurt that you're putting on somebody. So, Oh, yeah. That, you're definitely threatening lethal very quickly on whatever you're hitting. Um, and it puts you at a significant advantage. But it's still... I don't know. It, it, I get the argument, play a lot of weapons. You're going to be doing that anyway. I, I guess it's just going to come down to, okay, let's draw up a list and see how many there really are and how reasonable it is to assume that. Because even at the end of the day, if you turn, you know, it, I guess your game plan, your your script is going to be, if I have a weapon, slam it on him, get in. If it's not, is he okay as a second attacker? And maybe he is, you know, it's still fine. Because, okay, well, later on, I didn't get my free play, but I'll still just play the erratic lightning and get in there. I mean, he's just a body at that point. So, yeah. Exactly. But it's not, as you were saying before, yes, he is a worse prowl or, or a worse whatever. But it's, the gap may not be a gulf kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, 
We'll see. I mean, like, I think I, I don't, there's not, unfortunately there's no ways to make it more consistent of them because it's, mm. you have no control over it whatsoever. Um, yeah. But I mean, like there's combos obviously with the wheel jack and things like that, you know? So, you know, you like there's, or cliff jumper, like there's all the car synergy. Yep. Like plays. So we'll see. Yeah. The, uh, I guess the utility one is the least interesting to me. Like you'd said with the flame war comparison, the armor one, I guess it's a only, make your own hot rod kind of. I mean, it only has one defense to start with. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the thing that that's making me upset about it. Because yeah, what are you going to do? Just over the long haul, it's not going to produce enough consistently. I don't think, but I could be wrong. Well, like I think the new common RC is just better than these guys like put mm-hmm. together. Like she gets bold one, tough one for like, like again. Unless we reach a critical mass situation where you're you really want to be playing dual color pips, uh-huh. which we I still don't know that we've reached yet. Like I agree, you're still going to be like one of these sides doesn't really do anything for me other than give me access to more greens on whatever side it is, and maybe mm. I'll get an extra like random defense or random attack depending on which which it, side you aren't every once in a while. It's such a, a delicate line to walk because if there is a a viable you know, multi-pip build. Presumably, that means that there are a whole lot of just straight-up playable rollouts or straight-up playable matrices that have a a higher power level than that um, that justify doing it, and it's not just, oh, well, I want the double pips. If that's the case, it skews... (coughs) Excuse me, it skews... We'll call them regular builds. Like those orange decks now are splashing for these things, unless the characters themselves justify it. And like you said, I just don't know if all the parts are there right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, in general, like I had said earlier, uh, I think it's good that these guys are both cohesive as a unit. So it's, oh, I went to San Diego Comic Con. I got my Transformers pack. I can just shuffle up and play. For the most part. Um, obviously, you want to build your deck around them because of the way the, the mechanics for them work. But for somebody playing casually, I think it's a great introductory option. And while simultaneously, I'm kind of glad that it isn't all of us getting ready for Gen Con. Well, here's maybe four figures you got to put down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, any other thoughts on these guys? No. Okay, cool. Uh, it looks like chat is agreeing with us that uh they may be purposely underpowered um i'm sure that came up at some stage (laughs) that there was going to be a concern but uh aside from those and again those are the sdcc just a really weird acronym for me to say it's hard for me to get it out um promos you're only gonna be able to pick them up there as far as we're aware at this stage no, and online. After the- and online. And online. But mm-hmm. not, I'm thinking, not at Gen Con, not at other conventions. So, uh, cool. moving from there, though, we have what everybody else was probably more excited about, and that's, we have our tape deck friends from G1. We have Blaster, we have Soundwave, and we have some of their friends. The ones that were chosen were a little odd to me. Did it surprise you that we didn't get, you know, we didn't get Rewind and we didn't get Rumble? No, I don't, as long as we got one of them, I don't think it matters. Well, I was surprised that they, for example, did another Ravage. They could have gone Frenzy Rubble, Rubble, Rumble, you know, and Buzzsaw, as opposed to what they had chosen to do. And I wonder if that's a hint that Siege 2 or something like that down the line. I'm sure we'll see them at some stage. 
Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I threw Blaster up first. Uh, we're going to go through the Autobots and then the Decepticons, because, uh, but without seeing Blaster or Soundwave, none of the mechanics will make a whole lot of sense, because it is a little confusing at first. Basically, and Scott, correct me if I'm misunderstanding, it sounds like if you're running these guys, you effectively get a 28-star build, as opposed to your standard 25, if you run a tape deck and three mini cassettes. Is that accurate? Yeah, but it's more powerful than that, because basically, I mean, the way I would look... Well, I would just yeah. concisely did that way, but yes. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and explain why that it, there's a lot more to it. I guess the most, I guess the easiest way to describe it is... Um, so it's different than Metroplex. You actually have to pay the stars for the cassettes. So we'll yes. start there. The way to think about it is basically like if you're playing one, if you're playing Soundwave or Blaster, the cassettes cost one less star to play. Right. That's the way to look at it. So like instead of costing five, they essentially cost four. So if you were to play three cassettes and one of the two of them, you have a 22 star card deck, essentially. I know you actually have a 28. Right. Um, so you have three slots to play star cards in this case. Um, but if you were to play, for example, just like one of them, you would, it would cost you 14. Uh, it would cost you, essentially, it would cost you 15 stars if you have a 26 card de star deck. So I look at it as like it costs you 14. So you have 11 left over. If you play two cassettes, it costs you 18. And you have seven left over. Like, you basically have seven left over. I know you're technically going over it to 27 or whatever, but that's the way I'm thinking about it. Is yeah. The cassettes cost one less. Yes. It's um, it's definitely compared to just adding up the teams before. It's a little more of a brain buster for everybody to get used to, but it's it's something that I think it'll just become intuitive for people moving forward. It's just th today's the first day we saw it, so everybody's getting used to it. Yeah, I agree. That's the way I'm thinking about it, just to make it easier on myself. Oh, yeah. And everybody's going to have their own mental shortcuts for it. But just be careful as you're doing that, because I know I've done that in other games where it's like, oh, well, this really means this. And it's like, no, that's not quite what it means, and it, it'll trip you up. Um, yeah. But in any case, so they do function very similar to Metroplex in that, well, in this case, as Scott was explaining, they do count towards your star limit. So technically, they are part of your starting team, and then they go under the appropriate tape deck. At this see, wait, see, wait a second there. That's mm. something we actually... What you said is sort of correct. We're okay. trying to figure out if it's 100% correct. Right. Because we because the starting team <clears throat> is now defined on certain cards. Yes. So, like, your competences and your swindle, your your frag toss, your whatever the one in this... The Autobot one in the set, like, the repair yeah. cards that have come out. Like, things like that matter. Yes, for like, sure. So, like, we, I don't know how that works yet. Yeah, where the, for lack of a better way to describe it, the timing of that, what is officially the start team. I'm assuming, because right. this was the next point that I think you were uh, alluding to, is that there's no indication that Blaster can't play Frenzy or Soundwave can't play Steeljaw if you choose to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's exact. just to elaborate on what Scott was bringing up, that... I'm operating under the assumption that if you were to do that, confidence would then not work. See, I was under the other opinion. Well, I have no evidence to back that up. That was just my <laughs> first... Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they're going to clarify it soon because obviously we've got to find out soon. Um, yeah. I could see it going either way. It's just... My default assumption is go with the less powerful option. 
And that may not be accurate here in this case. Yeah, we don't know. Exactly. So um, to the actual card itself, Blaster's a specialist, as you'd expect. Uh, we just ran through the uh, lowered star cost for the mini cassette piece. Uh, he trades compared to his Decepticon counterpart. He gains one additional attack in bot mode. He's five and loses one health. He's 14. So sound waves are four, 15. And loses one defense. If, from all to bot, yes. Yeah. Um, both of them have no. when you... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that way only one in alt mode at this point. Uh, I will double check because I had him later on. Uh, Soundwave is two in bot and two in alt. So he maintains his defense across the board where his blaster goes down. Right. As evidenced by the other Autobot cards that we're going to get to briefly, it seems blaster's the more aggressive oriented one. Uh, Correct. So... Both of them have, when you flip to their bot mode, you can deploy a mini cassette from under them onto the battlefield in bot mode. When Now, for Blaster, when you do, you play the top card of your deck. Now, given... I was thinking about this earlier as I was um, driving around doing errands. It's not a May. So, if he's the aggressive one, you flip over piece through Tyranny, you have to piece him? Uh... Sure. I mean, you can always just play peace with no effect. Yes. Peace has a May on it, so who cares? Right. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> honestly, I forgot peace had a May yeah. on it, so yeah. <laughs> never mind then. Um, <laughs> but it was one of those things I'm thinking, because like I said, Blaster and the Autobot team seems to be the aggressor for this starter build, given that some of them have bold, he has a slightly higher attack, um, and that's where the, the whole train of thought went to peace. Just right off the bat, before we get into any of the other cards, like I like playing free cards. This seems like it's pretty strong. I get a body and that. Are you excited by this guy right away, Scott? I mean, he's good, but I mean, I don't think he's as good as Soundwave. So, I mean, mm. sure. <laughs> um, do you just not like the aggressive plan with these guys, or do you just think that Soundwave's actual power is better? We'll obviously circle back to it when we get to Soundwave, but... I mean, if you just want to have a bunch of, uh, what's it called, um, the specialist utility, I mean, that's basically all you're getting out of the deal. So unless mm. you unless you play a bunch of uh, plan-type effects, like, during your action phases, like, see, so your inspiring leaderships and your, uh, I mean, uh, not inspiring leaderships, your uh, incoming transmissions and your whatever the white green one was like, mm. I mean, that's like you're back in that situation again, where you're, you're, you're trying to set up the top of your deck to play what you want for free instead of, um, getting something random. And so at that point, yeah. like you're, you're using your action card phase in, in a, a less powerful way. I would um, disagree, but only slightly. So the, the differences here that I'm thinking about are, a, it's not as limiting as, say, Windblade. Obviously, it's any card. It's not double-pip things. Sure. It, so sure. you have a, a much wider range. Um, it's also, you're going to want to be doing this anyway to pump out the other bodies. Now, that there's going to be a limiting factor there because presumably there, you're going to play some number of transform effects, which flipping them off of him will be fine, I guess, but maybe not spectacular. Um but point is, is that 
because you have that wider range, maybe this is going to be... I'm more optimistic now that we have the benefit of hindsight looking at how Windblade turned out. It could end up being the same thing, but it still feels like there might be something there. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I agree with you that I like the Decepticon ones more, but I think Blaster still has potential. I mean, it's fine. I mean, like, yeah. you're getting... Like, you're saving yourself a flip on the actual cassettes, because... Yes. If you were to just play them, which you could in any in any deck, like they would just start in the the worthless tape mode, like that has stealth. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, you wouldn't they wouldn't do anything basically. I mean, they would just attack for zero if you didn't have to flip them. So you're saving yourself mm -hmm. a flip there to put it in the mode you want to be in. Yeah, um, which is good, and, and and you're getting. I mean, I get that you're getting a free play out of the deal, and you're getting like a field communicator type effect out of the deal like for something you'd want to be doing anyway so it's like an extra added bonus right it's just not as powerful as the sound wave side of things and like i don't like the fact that you lose one defense out of the deal well um, that's a, yeah. just just to just to gain one attack i think it's fine mm -hmm. um i'm not positive if um if like i don't think i'm not positive that the aggro version because of how because I'm not super excited about this flip effect, is going to want to play, like, a three-cassette version. I think just playing him as, like, a one- or two-cassette version and then getting some other uh, character out of the deal is, or two out of the deal, if you play, like, with a one-cassette version, is probably the way to go. It's possible. I mean, my mind immediately went to, because three-star cards, okay, well, I'll play three-mounted missiles, and I'm giving, uh, spoiler alert for... Uh, spoilers the <laughs> steel jaw later on giving both blaster and himself bold <clears throat> excuse me and just having nine double oranges potentially um yeah but the problem is mm. i don't think three i mean there's only there's only two aggressive cassettes and four defensive ones yes and th that was so, gonna be my follow-up yeah is that there's not <laughs> yeah i i'm just I think where you were describing it going lesser number of cassettes on this side, bring in additional help is likely going to be the more appropriate way to go. I mean, I feel like you can easily get a four character list out of the deal that doesn't have to involve all the cassettes. Mm -hmm. And like his, like his flip ability to me is not like that way. You're not all in and you're still getting kind of getting a deal out of like, you're still getting a pretty good return on investment star cars cost wise like cause he's still a pretty large character i mean not at quote not at 14 mm -hmm. but like at that point it only takes one flip to actually like get the game going in a way it, so yeah i feel that if you get even if you were to hypothetically run only one cassette and it's steel jaw five bold one doesn't seem terrible for 10 plus you know whatever other characters are able to squeeze in um, right like, it doesn't seem ridiculous. So, it, it's certainly something I want to play around with. I mean, that's where I would start. But, mm. I mean, like, probably as far as to start, like, it's probably better to come to that conclusion. But that's the way I see it right now. Mm. Because I just don't think I just don't think his flip um, happening multiple times. I think his flip has diminishing returns as the game goes on. So, why build yourself to it and start off with a weaker potential deck when you can just get the effect when you need it which is right away and then mm. 
like take that advantage early and, and, and stick with it type of thing. I think that's a good point to bring up the diminishing returns on it because uh, that is something that people may not realize. Um, would you mind elaborating on that, Scott? Yeah, just as the game goes on. I mean, um, aside from the obvious of this is literally what diminishing returns means. <laughs> <laughs> as the game goes on, I just don't think that I don't think that the free play off the top mm. and or or and or setting it up through other cards has as much of a dramatic effect. I mean, like you, the most dramatic effect you can get off of playing anything off the top is going to be typically a second upgrade. <laughs> Um, that's the way it was off field communicator anyway, because you mm -hmm. still had your action phase anyway. Right. So it it was more important important like field communicator fell out of favor, like with us, not me personally, like because I still played it obviously at Aerobots and other lists. Mm -hmm. But it kind of fell out of favor because realistically, all it really does is give you the plus one attack. And then if you don't flip anything of like if you don't flip another upgrade or you don't get some kind of like I don't know, like you have multiple actions you want to play right there and then. There are a few um, scenarios like, where that's a thing. I think in the orange side, though, it that may not be the case. Um, I mean, I mostly played an aerial bot, so it was like, you know, right. if you would flip over, like, any of the direct damage type cards, it was a totally different story. But, like, if you didn't get that, you weren't really doing anything all that ex excuse me, exciting, other than mm. the fact that, like, you wanted to put it on Alpha Bravo to turn his two attack Pierce three into three attack Pierce three. So there was mm. actually like, you know, a use for it. Um, but putting it on Skydive was pretty weak. Right. Um, so it, the card became less and less ubiquitous in decks as the as the right. format went on. Um, because sometimes you would just it, it wasn't just that you would flip bad cards. It was just that like, did it really matter what you flipped if it wasn't on, like like you have to? I know. How do I explain it? Like, the card on top wasn't necessarily going to be in your hand, but, like, if it was an upgrade, you could think about the fact that, like, why wouldn't... Like, if I had just played another copy of... Whatever the upgrade Or at was. least a mirror effect of whatever that upgrade was, chances mm. are I would have drawn that instead. Yes. Or at least, like, the worst version of that. So, right. like, what am I really getting out of the deal? Like, I'm just getting plus one on a white pip. Yeah. So, it wasn't as important. Now... So this is going to be the same situation where, like, but here because it's because it's tied to a flip, mm. you still have both your phases. So therefore, your range of possibilities as to what you actually get out of the deal improves. To now you're able to double action. Now you're able to double um, upgrade in a turn. Yeah. So <laughs> like it's going to be more powerful because it, it doesn't put that much strain in your hand. Like to. When you play Field Communicator out of your hand, it's still a card you're using to get another card. Here, you're not even using a card out of your hand. I mean, I guess you, unless somehow you need to use a flip effect to do this. I don't think you even yeah. need to. So, right. especially if you're only playing like one or two cassettes, I don't even think you need to. So, yeah. Um, it, it, the, the upgrade is more, you know, any of these combo things, two upgrades, two actions, just two and one. Uh, in a turn is more powerful in the early game than it is mm -hmm. in the late game because they, they, your opponent has less time to set up their armor, set up their utility, set up their weapons, etc. Well, the counterpoint to that and what I was thinking why it would matter more in the orange decks is it does give you the opportunity to, and again, it's random, so yes, the, there's no guarantee, well, there's not no guaranteeing it, it's just obviously it's not as guaranteed, 
but now you can try and go over the top of armor or hit a burn spell and a pump spell so that you can try and push through something. As compared to, like you said, the field communicator case, okay, you flip a burn spell, that's probably it. You know, maybe you had another armor, whereas this would allow you to <clears throat> reckless charge, weapon, flip him, play a burn spell kind of thing, which to me sounds much more impressive. I mean, you can also just use your bashing shield as not your entire upgrade play for the turn, which is what I like. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, there, there's so, a lot of different options there. Yeah. Um, but that has more value, again, in mm. the early game than it does in the late game. In life. Right, and that makes sense. Because you're, uh, no, you're not in an overkill situation either mm. with who you're attacking against. So. Yes. Uh, one of the other notable things, especially since you were bringing up um, the idea of playing less than the maximum number of cassettes, is you only get the extra play if you're actually deploying a cassette. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a lot of turns later if you just flip normally to get that second cassette out anyway. So Right. But it, if we're talking, okay, well, it's, in, it's only coming up as a result of the diminishing returns argument that, well... It's not even, I guess it's really diminishing because it, it's literally zero. You can't do it after the first one if right. you're only playing right. one. So, right. Um, just calling that part out because obviously people are getting used to the cards. So, aside from all of that, any other thoughts on Blaster before we move on to his uh, tiny friends? No, I, I, no, I just think he has more varied use than what it seems, which is. Mm. jamming three cassettes and, the, and some star cards. So. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some play in there with this. So, moving from there... Which they, all do, which they both do, but yes. I can see it more in his case. Gotcha. So, we'll move on to Steel Jaw, mostly because I was bringing him up a lot. Notably, the IGN reveal, and maybe it's changed by the time this goes live, didn't have the G1 alt mode part, as far as I Don't can tell. Looks, it's awful. Don't worry about it. Well, yes. They, they <laughs> all, but they're awful in an endearing way. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the Decepticons are awful. I think all the Autobots are awful. Oh man, the Autobot like when you put them side by side, you can see the Stark, except for Ramhorn. But we'll we'll talk about him when we get to it. Ramhorn's awful look. He's, he's a, a he's a cool. no. You're mispronouncing adorable. Uh, I, think <laughs> anyway. I think you're mispronouncing two dimension. <laughs> well, yes, there is that. Anyway, so uh, Steeljaw, he's obviously a mini cassette. He's melee because you know he, he turns into a lion. Um, he has, oh, I guess one thing, one thing, oh, yeah. know, these are not spy. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, uh, cross sound wave plan is not going to work. So, Correct. uh, steel jaw is a mini cassette in alt mode, mini cassette melee in bot mode, alt mode, like the others, he's zero nine one. He has stealth. When you flip to this mode, each of your characters gets bold one until end of turn. Okay. Uh, in Bot mode, which is where he'll deploy to, remember, right away, if you pop him out from either tape deck. He has bold one, and each of your characters that's 10 stars or more has bold one. So, for me, the one of the things that came to mind, or he jumped out into my mind for outside of the tape deck teams, where you could just go 10-10 him. I don't know if there are enough teams that you have enough time to transform everybody and get value out of that, though. Uh, sure. You, you do. 
Because I mean, I'm sure they exist, but it's just one of those challenges because you need. So my in my head, it was Grimlock X him, and then you need to make sure that he's ready to go, or your your X guy doesn't care about transforming. I mean, this could be finally the the deck that Cog wants. Yes? Question mark? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, yeah. That I mean, that's, be a thing. Have that's the point. Yeah, I, I I'll take it. <laughs> I'll um, take it. But isn't he only? I don't. Is he five attack or is he four attack? Four. It's whatever he is on his card. So it's four. Okay. It, I mean, I guess. But it, but it, I mean, he serves his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, then attaches to Grimok and you attack for crap on an edge. So exactly. Point. Yeah. You know. But I mean, at the same time. If you, I'm sure you could find it. Like, I mean, there's Bumblebee too, and like, you know, like the, yeah. um, the either one of the Bumblebees are ten as well. You just don't have the synergy. Um, not that there's synergy with Cop, but like, you don't have the. There's no Dinobot synergy, obviously, or anything like that. Right, but, right. Um, but no, I think you definitely have time. Um, I think even just giving Bold one to like one character. Uh, is possible as well, and I still think this guy's playable as a three bold one nine one, which is essentially like it's essentially silver bolt. Yeah. Um, the one like when I was looking through these cassettes because the app updated today on my yes. iOS device, <laughs> um, I was looking, I was I was comparing them to other five drops, and they compare quite favorably as playable five drops outside of the teams. Okay. Um, on the combiner side, obviously not compared to the like insane flame war and things like that. But like, well, there, there's another category <laughs> for those characters, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but but compared to the other combi- combiner pieces, I mean, they the all their stats at three nine one, obviously not at zero nine one, but being stealth helps. Um, compares oh, quite sure. favorably to like either micromasters or to, um, to combiner pieces. So. I just think yeah. that giving Bold One to even just one character, and then having Bold One himself, I think is is playable. I mean, obviously, like you said, you know, not starting in that mode outside of using him with the cassette decks is a deterrent. But I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I don't see myself ever flipping him back to the cassette mode to give no. Bold One to like my whole team or whatever. But I mean, like, I'm sure it'll happen because you know weird things happen, but. And if you're playing yeah. rollout, you can flip him and give something bold two for the turn if it's ten stars or more, technically. Yeah, you could give Grimlock bold four, and then. Uh... <laughs> well, you get you get the bold two. Yeah, 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 you're right. You would get the the bold four, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, you wouldn't be able. Well, he wouldn't be as good because I'm talking like you could use him himself to give something that's ten stars or more bold two. Yeah, I got but, you. Yeah, I um, mean, so that's possible. Yeah, he's. He definitely seems like he has potential, and of all of them outside of the teams, he's the one I'm looking forward to trying out the most. Um, is he, as outside of tape deck teams, is this a guy that excites you the most, Scott? Or or do you have one Not for later? Not me, because I usually play on the other side of the, of the spectrum. That's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I can see where he has this just as much use as the one on the other side. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um I expect to see Steeljaw. It's. I don't think that was a phrase that I was prepared to say. <laughs> like that's such an oddball thing. Um, but 
Yeah, I could definitely see him. He he had his uh, 15 seconds of fame in the movie, so. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on our uh, Autobot Lion? No, he's solid. Yep. It's, a unique, it's a unique ability to give that to your whole team. Whereas, exactly. Like the, whereas his counterpart is obviously a mirror of a card that already exists. So. Yep. So uh, moving on from Steeljaw, we have Eject. Uh, obviously, mini cassette. He is a specialist, notably. Uh, when you flip to his alt mode, you can look at the top two cards of your deck, and you may scrap them. I sure. assume you have to scrap both, right? It's worded that way, or at least that's how I would have interpreted the wording. It doesn't say anything yeah, about same. scrap either, so or like one yeah. or both kind of thing. So it's either zero or two, at least as I'm reading it right now. Yeah, um, I I. I, I thought of it the same way right um in bot mode when this defends enemies can't use bold this turn uh i'll go out on a limb and say i'm not as excited for eject yeah same i mean his 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 what it's his when he flips to the tape mode you do the two card thing yeah yeah like that's a more of an aggro ability <laughs> and his bot mode thing is more of a defensive ability so like i, I don't I don't because you have the Decepticon counterpart that does it, but for your opponent's deck, and I don't know. Like you said, it, it, they seem to be paired oddly with what the bot mode does versus the alt mode, and then I also don't know if I care about doing this. Like, I think you do on attacking. Like if you don't, if you, it's like focus. Like if yeah. you want, if you build your deck around get as many doubles as possible, and then you see singles or blanks or whatever, like, mm. you just pitch them. Right. The, the math will work out. It, it's like the blackjack table. It will work yeah. out in your favor if you continue to do it every single time. Right. Um. Well, at least more in your favor than not in the house's favor. Well, there is um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so as long as you do that every single time, I think there's there's play here. I just don't know what, what the timing is going to be on getting this guy... It just like, seems like a you, lot of work it, for like flipping him back and forth to to get this effect to. I guess to go back to your flame war example earlier, like it, just play a character with focus or some other ability to ensure more consistency. I, I just I don't think it's as bad as 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 it seems on mm. offense. Um, on offense, I can you, see that. Yeah, you, but you can like you can use blaster to flip him out and then flip him immediately back to the cassette mode and then basically like blasters attack becomes more like arguably more powerful if it actually works out that way. So that's where I think it could come into play. Well, sort of, cause you're going to need another effect to make that happen. Cause you have to transform blaster and then you wouldn't be able to do eject on that same turn. Yeah, I know. So you it's just, effect, so. It, yeah, that's fair. If you have to like escape route him yeah. to do that, I've, I think that might be a few steps too far. Maybe <laughs> for what you're getting. I don't. I mean, he's the worst one out of all these. So. Oh, absolutely. Especially the when this defends enemies can't use bold. I mean, I get maybe it would have been probably would have been too good if it was your whole team, but still. Yeah. I I don't really have a whole lot more to say on him, so we might as well skip past him unless you had something else. No, the SDC CR is atrocious. <laughs> well, it, again, it's atrocious <laughs> in an endearing way. Like now we're no. talking about Ramhorn, and look at his little feet in Rhino mode. That's adorable. It's, a, it's atrocious in a I look like a piece of paper that was folded away. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it kind of does. <laughs> so, uh, moving to Ramhorn, he's, he's melee. He got the same stats across the board like we've been talking about. Um, when you flip to cassette mode for him, you can move an armor from one of your characters to another one. And in bot mode, when you defend, you can play a white pip armor. Now, I went and looked. And again, like you said, the app updated. I don't. I saw, I think it was two white pip armors. Force field and defensive driving. Those are the same two I found as well. <laughs> okay, good. So we're on the same page. Um, force field obviously has fallen out of favor over time, but it, it's found its way back into sideboards. I am going to struggle to see where I'm going to be playing defensive driving, but uh, I don't know. I mean, this, this is one that will clearly get stronger over time, but... Well, I mean, the, the again, the, the negative of force field is that it takes up your, your upgrade slot. Mm -hmm. if, if it doesn't, then it's much better. Right. And you don't have to put the force field on him, just as Correct. you can play it. Yes. So, you know, and this will come later with Buzzsaw, but, like, mm -hmm. that's big. Oh, um, for sure. So I, I think this is fine, um, as long as you're, you know, if you're playing an aggressive deck with <laughs> three force fields. I just don't, I just don't, I don't know what yeah. it, I don't know that it, I mean, in my initial builds, when I want, like, if I have to play a, a, a smaller number of cassettes, like, I Yes, he would probably be the second best if I'm going to play the three force fields in my deck. I think he's fine. I don't know if I'd want to personally lean on only having three force fields. Um, what, not that I'm going to play, play defensive drive. Well, they, that's my point is I don't think that there are enough white pip armors to justify his existence yet. Obviously, we'll come back to the conversation as more released, but it's he, he's just a blank text box, probably nine times out of ten. No, you play, you play, you play Treasure Hunt, you play Confidence, you're fine. And maybe they, I think. it might work out that way. I don't, my initial reaction was that it's just going to be tough to find it, but maybe, I mean, that's a good point. Maybe you can just dig for it enough that you'll be able to play it consistently for free. In my opinion, I mean, you have to build your deck that way. And then well, of course. It's, it's fine. Yeah. So, Ramhorn and uh, Tiny Tiny Adorable Feet aside, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to the purple team uh, with the big man himself, Soundwave. So, again, he has the, the text about playing the mini cassettes. We already talked about his stats. He's a 4.15.2 in bot mode, 0.15.2 in alt. However, his flip is when you deploy a mini cassette, they still go in in bot mode, when you do, look at your opponent's hand and choose a card from it. Your opponent puts that card on top of their deck. You get to rip any card out of their hand. Like, this seems spectacular. Yeah, this is going to put a lot of your opponents under duress. Ah, uh, I get <laughs> it. <laughs> you missed the last one. So I, I know. Well, because, it, okay, the last one, like, after you said it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what he meant. But I, like, at the time, I couldn't quite hear what you were saying so like it didn't click but anyway or i'm, or, or I'm gonna coerce a lot of my opponents into their next oh their no next yeah. sorry everybody out there dude <laughs> don't don't worry about it anyway um <laughs> i mean yeah, i was gonna make a memory point. lapse joke somewhere in there but i'm like i, I, tr I tried to think i tried to think of one too, <laughs> i i'm sure i'm sure i'm well i mean what's uh 
I'm sure there's a car that actually does this, by the way. I just don't know what it is. Um, oh, yeah. I'm... There's been a lot of car- magic cards over the years, and I'm confident that this ability has existed. Like, yeah, I mean, I know, I know one that did it with permanence in play, but mm-hmm. um, well, there were a lot for that. Yeah, um, um, I but anyway, this ability actually does exist. Yeah. Uh, Before we digress too far, we're confusing chat. Sorry, Orangeitis. It's yeah. uh, all it's <laughs> magic puns. But anyway, um, yeah, I really notably Soundwave is a leader, so those callous leaderships come into play. Um, oh, good point. He, the ability is really strong. We've already seen the power level of Mirage from Sentinels, and this lets you take anything. No caveats, just take it. Um, Well, I mean, against a blue deck, it's not as strong, obviously, um, unless you leave them with, like, less good plays, but, like, I mean, technically they're going to get some defense out of the deal. Like, it's obviously... I think stealing their one-shell stands and things like that is going to... Sure, yeah, of course. If they have blanks in their hands or mm. that, obviously, it's powerful. And obviously, you get to choose, so it's powerful anyway. Mm. Um, but that's just a, a note. Like, it's not, like... Because it's actually... In this game, this effect is actually more powerful because of the fact that you have to have combat flips. So the card just goes away. Like... In mm. other games, you would just draw the card right back up next turn, so it would cost you a draw phase, which is obviously still really good. Right. But here, that card just goes away. Yeah, so, it's an actual um, discard effect, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is way more powerful than the Blaster ability. Like, this Although, is close. I do agree with you that there is a concern. So, for example, you, you look at your a blue opponent's hand, and the most appropriate thing to take is security checkpoint. Like, you're not going to feel fine. Yeah, I mean it. It is. It's fine, but you're not going to feel great about it unless you happen to Attack be ravage. A ravage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't get that far yet. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you wouldn't get to look until after you deployed. So I guess you'd have to, you know, play around to those edge cases. But obviously, the potential's there. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah. It. It. I was. I'll come out and say it. I was disappointed with the uh, with the siege <laughs> sound wave uh, and the way like it's definitely a unique ability. I think it'll be fun. I don't think it's really going to make a splash competitively. I'm looking forward to trying this guy out, and I I will say it right now. I'll probably play this, assuming I can get the starter in time for the events, uh, in at least one of the qualifiers. Yeah, I I would probably play it just because it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to both. Because it's good and fun, but it's one of those, like, okay, I gotta try and... I mean, I guess the Siege is just coming out, so we're, uh... We still have a whole lot to go through, so it's not like this is so much closer to the event that we have way less information. Yeah, this ability is worth the escape routing, rolling out, things like that, in my yeah. opinion. Turning everything because into you... an espionage, sort of. Yeah, it ju- I mean, it's just... It's even better than that, so yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is worth those flip effects, in my opinion. And notably, the artwork isn't just cringe-inducing. No. <laughs> um, and yeah. the, uh, the okay. new artwork is from the mobile game, so is the master, by the way. I think they all are, actually. Yeah, it, it, the new artwork, and for anybody unsure, like we were talking about at the beginning, that's the retail version, whereas this, the G1, is from the uh, the promo version, we'll call it the convention-exclusive version. Uh I really like that artwork. Again, I I love my G1 stuff, but I like the G1 updates most of the time. Like they 
it's just enough of an homage, but still looks really cool, updated, so. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts for Soundwave before we jump into his, his pals? No, I mean, we're just going to keep referring back to his ability and his of powerful course. stats. Yeah. So. so first Decepticon up is Buzzsaw. Uh, again, stealth in alt mode. When you flip to alt mode, you may move a weapon from one of your characters to another one. He's ranged in bot mode. Obviously, a mini cassette in both. <clears throat> and when he attacks, you may play a blue weapon. And just like Scott was bringing up earlier, it doesn't necessarily have to go on him. Although, armed hovercraft finds a home on him as well. Yeah, he's ranged, right? Yes. Guess we have our combo right there then, right? <laughs> Voila! Uh, he's another one that I was thinking earlier as I was driving around doing errands that uh, just like Steeljaw could find a place outside, he maybe helps set up or synergizes with the new Ironhide, potentially. Um, again, you run into the, the issue of, okay, well, what other weapons aside from armed hovercraft that you want to bounce... But it does let you do other things with your turn and get the weapon out anyway. So play your blue armor, but also get your weapon in play. Correct. Agreed. And then also, um, what I like is that his flip ability is not <laughs> insignificant. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I believe, the part of Quartermaster that I think people are undervaluing. Just the ability I'd agree to... with that to move a weapon that's already in play into another like move it from the character that's already attacked to the, the character that hasn't yet um so I think that has play here as well yeah um especially if you attack with him first put the put the blue weapon on him then move the weapon from him um onto somebody else and give him stealth so the new guy that's attacking now has to become the target for example exactly I um, could see uh not to break your train of thought where no. he you're playing blue, obviously. He could potentially survive a hit with that weapon on there to allow this to happen. So your follow-up turn is roll out, pop out a new mini cassette, move the weapon. Like you said, he's now stealth, so they have to invest a burn spell in order to try and eliminate him. Um, yep. It it can get very complicated for your opponent very quickly. Yeah, I think this is really good. Yeah, I'm. Again, I was a little surprised. Like. I don't know. I mean, this effect probably wouldn't really have fit Rumble, but Buzzsaw feels kind of random to me. But I don't know. Only because he doesn't have as much play in the cart at all in the cartoon that I can remember. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he actually is um, in the comics. Laserbeak and Buzzsaw have a much larger speaking role, and mm -hmm. they basically are Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets. Hmm. Which, it, obviously, <laughs> I love the Muppets, too, and it, it mm. endeared me towards both of them even more so. But um, And Buzzsaw actually came with that one. Yeah. Which, I guess, in retrospect, now that you brought that up, maybe that's what they were leaning towards. Probably. So, that makes sense. Um, again, we'll probably see Rumble and Rewind down the road at some stage anyway, so. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I'm excited about Buzzsaw. I could see him, again, popping up outside of the tape deck teams, but within that team, it seems, okay, well, here you go. I mean, it it seems silly to say that because it's the starter deck where they all come in. Of course, it's, here's the deck, go ahead. But th this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, moving on from Buzzsaw, 
Oh yeah, Orange Eyes. It's um, it's later on, but they are actually really funny. They just they just bust everybody's chops all the time. Um, so moving on from Buzzsaw, we have Ravage, our second iteration of our feline friend. When he flips to alt mode, one of your characters gets pierced too. And he's the counterpart to Steeljaw, where he has Pierce 2 in bot mode, but each of your characters that's 10 or more has tough 1. So, a smaller flame war. Or le- less, maybe not, I mean, it is a smaller flame war, but not as universal flame war. No, agreed. Um, which, Still really good. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, obviously, it's, oh, I need to keep Soundwave alive. I'll pop out Ravage and keep him alive. Or as you were saying, if you're playing against Blue, he has the Pierce too. So he's getting in for guaranteed damage. Um, do you see him showing up outside of the cassettes a lot? So the problem is that you you then compete with Flame War. Yeah. Um, so at that point, like, you can't run the both of them and only you can run both of them in one character. So mm-hmm. I can see myself doing that um, <laughs> as a build, as a build your own armor, like immediately. Yeah. Uh, for the one larger character um, potentially. So yes, I can definitely, cause I don't, cause I think that I'm fine. Like using the two of them and say like, I don't know, a 13 drop or a 14 drop and then X number of star because you're building your own reinforced plating like off the bat. So yes, but only for one guy because the uh, Ravage is still going to be, I mean, as we've seen with Flame War over the entire existence of the game, she's way sturdier than probably most people give her credit for. Although at this stage, I guess people have learned that, you know, you you can't ignore Flame War because she'll live forever. Uh, since Ravage would only be benefiting from the tough from Flame War and not his own, and yes, it's only one less health, but I yeah, that's with with thirteen five five, it may be pushing it. I mean, I'm willing with, to to be wrong there. More I'm double, not saying it's definitely not. I mean, you get two more double blues. So. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, He's definitely somebody that is, I expect to see him obviously in the tape deck builds. I'm very curious whether he will be exactly what you said, the, uh, the 10 star onboard reinforced plating. I mean, laser cutlass is insane on him. Yes, (laughs) I would agree with that. That is accurate. (laughs) Um, laser cutlass, energon axe, like these are both insane. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this guy's really. I'm very excited. This is this is, this is my favorite cassette. Is, is he really? Is it just because it's yeah. Ravage, or because you actually like the card? Both. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although it looks like his Decepticon symbol is red, so I guess he's shattered glass. I don't know. <laughs> I just like to call out the weird stuff on there. So the the oh, last <laughs> the last cassette is Frenzy. Um. Same story as before. When you flip to this mode, your opponent reveals the top two cards of their deck. You may have your opponent scrap those cards. His bot mode is when this attacks, enemies can't use tough this turn. Um, this time, at least, I guess it's both you're attacking or, you know, things that you would want to do when you are attacking. Um, I don't know. I feel as though you would probably just want 
ravage if you're running into a lot of armor. Uh, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying turning off the tough is insignificant, but he only, it's specifically when he attacks and he only has base three attack. So he's doing what? One? No, Assuming I mean, they don't flip blues. <laughs> no, you would have to. I mean, he's better than the orange versions, and so mm-hmm. like you want to, you suit him up with a three power weapon or better, and then you flip two oranges. So you're still getting into there for eight, and then they don't get tough. So yeah. it's not ter- It's not terrible. Um, yeah, I just again in that version, I don't know that there's that many cassettes, but I guess he's probably like. He would compete with the Ramhorn argument as to which one was better in that version. So I think he's fine. I'd be very curious in that version whether you is your sideboard character a cassette or is it an actual character? Right. Um because obviously if you started with Ramhorn, you're gonna want it for force fields against other orange versus frenzy versus blue and vice versa. Yeah, that's um, a good point. But again, I don't know if that's <clears throat> excuse me where you'd want to invest your single sideboard character versus you know bringing in something. I can't think of a different example off the top of my head, especially because the cassettes are going to warp your team list so much. Yeah, because you'll lose the star, quote unquote. Like you'll, I mean, you're basically losing for taking like you know to take in whatever the extra is. So yep. Yeah, we'll see, but I, I think it's I think he's fine. Yeah, he, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised with pretty much all of this. Um, now, the only thing, and I, I may have missed it in the reveal article where we pulled all this from. Do you know, Scott, if there are any battle cards or, or uh, starter-specific battle cards that are coming with this? I don't think the article said it, and I don't know that anyone's asked and it's been answered. So I don't know. Okay. Because uh, in the past, obviously, with both Metroplex and Devastator, we've gotten, you know, characters or deck-specific things, whether it's height advantage or it's, you know, the tower itself and all of the, the different tower interaction cards. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we're going to see something maybe a rapid conversion dedicated to the tape decks kind of thing. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I mean, we're going to find out in just a few weeks time anyway. So, it, or if they don't tell us tomorrow, which is probably what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the Devastator deck, for example, we knew about the characters before we knew about the cards in a very similar type article. Right. Exactly. So it, it seems to fit the pattern, so we'll have to keep our eyes and ears open to see what else shapes up from there. But uh, that actually does it for all of the the reveals that came out just a few a mere few hours earlier today. Um, are you still feeling peppy, Scott? You want to move right into what we were originally going to talk about? Uh, yeah, but we should cut this half here, I think. That sounds good to me. So... Uh, Everybody out there, as always, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.